Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange podcast. In this episode, it is 1.0 version of the 2024 mock draft for the show. We're going one through 32, all 32 picks, giving you a full mock draft here. We're going to go back and forth talking about all the different possibilities. We know that the team needs are going to change plenty, but what the long-term outlook for these teams can be, and especially shout out a lot of the players that we think should be in your first round conversation. I'm Trevor Sycamore with me as always is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. Welcome to the opening bell of the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sikma. That is Connor Rogers joining you guys for a drum roll mock draft Monday, baby. It is the first mock draft of the 2024 draft cycle. All of the summer scouting, all the takes, all the rankings now come into everybody's favorite format. I'm super excited about this one. Connor, I know you are as well. First mock draft of the season, my friend. I'm excited for it. Dude, can't wait. It helps that we already got the hype train started around college football and a couple different players. It gives us a little extra boost going into this. 12 Uh, quarterbacks are going to go in this first round mock that we're about to do. I mean, really, it really (laughs) felt that way. And, you know, obviously when we do another episode this week, we'll get even more in depth on how insane that played out. Yes. But this is going to be fun. It's a great time. Because it's always funny, and I think we've gotten away from this, fortunately, but for a while, when you do mock drafts this time of year, people would be like, why are you doing a mock draft this time of year? The order is not going to be the same. None of this is going to translate. And now I think, fortunately, it's been pretty widely accepted. Mock drafts are the best way to intro the draft class or get to know the draft class. Who is rising? There's only been a week or two of college football. Um, But when we get deeper, who is also falling? And ultimately how guys that are eligible can translate. So you and I love this. We have a lot of fun with them too. It's not very dry uh, like mock drafts can be. So I'm super, super excited. No, I already know there's going to be some great moments because you've already put out a written mock draft on NBC. I've put in, put out my first written mock draft over at PFF.com, but just like it was for the big board, anytime you and I collaborate on something, it's going to look a little bit different and probably going to be the best version of what right. you and I were thinking going into the exercise. So right. I'm glad that you said it up front, though. We understand that mock drafts are going to completely change. So not just the order, but who's getting picked where. We have found, though, that this is the most easily digestible way to get takes off about a lot of the prospects that are going to be first-round guys because it's it, people are very used to this format. So that's why we do it. We know it's not going to be for accuracy here um, at the beginning of September, but it is for fun, and we're going to have fun here. So. If you guys want to follow along or if you want to do your own mock draft, which we would encourage you to do, 
We'll be running this mock through PFF's Mock Draft Simulator. My entire top 150 preseason big board is loaded in the draft Mock Draft machine right now. So you can go over and do a up to three-round mock. Three or four? Is it three or four? I don't even think, I think three. It's three. I, I think it's I saw three. three when I started. Yeah. yeah, I think it's three. It's three rounds. So you can go up to three rounds. We're only going to do one. I know, I know. We're cowards. But we're only going to do one here in September. And we're starting off at number one. We'll go back and forth. That's the format that you guys have come to love here on this show. Connor, it doesn't really matter if you pick first or second because no. we're picking for the same team given the draft order. But what do you want to do? You want to pick first? You want to pick second? Oh, man. You know what? I will... I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The I'll Jets first. Jets don't have a pick, technically. Oh. oh. Sorry. Listen, it feel it feels good. It's about damn time. <laughs> it should feel the, good. Jets season mattered enough that they don't <laughs> have a first round pick where the entire uh, outline of content for the year is based on that selection. Let me just say it like that. So for those listening, even though that pick has not been exchanged to Green Bay because Rodgers needs to play 65% of the snaps, we will operate like that. Yeah. Um will happen. So right. we will be picking for Green Bay twice in this mock draft. All right, I'll start here, Trevor. I know it's it's kind of chalk. People that have read a lot of these drafts, you know, probably feel like these top two picks play out the same way, but I think it's good to talk through it. Caleb Williams, we know how spectacular he is. Five big-time throws in his opener. Just silly escapability. And I think the maybe the conversation people are looking for right now is because they've been told so many times and seen so many times how great of a quarterback prospect Caleb Williams is and how exciting he is because he makes the extraordinary play all it feels like all the time yes I think a lot of people are now trying to wind around the road of what happens with Kyler Murray or can I've seen how can they do this you know there's so much dead money involved and there are a lot of gymnastics here but I think my overall point that I want to make clear is if Arizona picks number one with the type of talent that Caleb Williams is viewed to have around the league, and obviously the talent we think he has, Kyler Murray is not standing in the way of Arizona drafting Caleb Williams. I want to yeah. make that, whether that is dealing with a lot of dead money through a trade, which is probably the most likely scenario because somebody will trade for Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray oh, yeah. is a very talented quarterback um, and they'll, they'll take on some of the contract as well. It's a lot of details there, but I like there is no way Arizona looks at this number one pick and goes, we have Kyler new regime, by the way, we have Kyler. We are going to pass on Caleb Williams. I, I would personally be shocked. I, I agree with you. The mad scientist in me. Right. What could they get? Thinks. Okay. What if they, what if they, what if they wanted to stay with Kyler? You're getting a minimum of three first round picks for number one this year. We'll do that mock draft because we, we have a content calendar draft. to fill out. And to get even crazier, can you imagine if they said, yeah, we're going to stick with Kyler Murray. We're going to trade one. And let's say they also have two. 
Let's say they also trade two. Stop it. Let's say <laughs> they would get Connor. They would get Stop six it. first round picks. No, you're right though, because get, I'll say it right they, now. No team would have a faster rebuild into youth than what the Arizona right. Cardinals could potentially have if they end up picking number one and number two and actually stick with Kyle Murray. Because you could technically sell it that you're trading number two, but you're really flipping to three or four. Say one of the teams at three or four is bad enough. Yes. But it's it not, needs it's, needs it's Drake not, May. Yep. It's not like, and, and the thing, people would be crazy. People would say like, oh, that would be totally crazy and unheard of because uh, then you wouldn't get to pick at the top of this class. Sure you would. You're not trading from two outside of the first round. It's not like you don't get to pick in the first round. You're probably trading away one and getting another first-round pick this year at some point, and you're probably trading away two and getting another first-round pick at this point. You just That's get fair. four other first-round picks, and you keep yeah, Kyler Murray. You're right. you're right. You'd win. Look, you'd win the the draft asset war like no one has ever won. So obviously, it'd be I Eisenhower think... of draft asset war, right? <laughs> Is that a great general? <laughs> sure. Yes. Napoleon, are you the Napoleon of draft capital? I don't know. I know they're making a movie. Oh, they are making a movie. You're yeah. Right. Joaquin Phoenix plays Napoleon. No, so, it's, literally, it's literally just going to be about the Cardinals trading the trading. hundred percent. Same thing. Um, so so I, I don't we'll do that show. I, right. We will do that show because that's going to be fun as hell to do. It's going to be not, really fun. We're not going to do it here. Obviously, kind of like as an intro, because people are going to talk about this a lot. Um, if you look at Kyler Murray's contract, he's 26 years old right now. He's coming off ACL surgery, so he's not going to play. I don't think at all this year. Why play him? I, there, there's not really a reason to p- play him, especially if you are going to trade him, right? You don't want him to get hurt again because that would screw a lot of um, trade potential that you have with him. This year, his cap hit is not very much. It's only $16 million. And if you were to cut him or trade him this year, it'd be $43 million of dead cap. But if you trade him after next ye- league year starts, you actually save money. They actually save $5 million on the cap. That's something that, they, and obviously they like to have a lot of dead money because the contract goes up. It'd be $46 million in dead money if they cut him, in, if they trade him in 2024, 33 in 2025, $20 million in 2026. But it's doable because his cap hit numbers are also insane. Right. The guarantees go down after 2024. He has zero guaranteed money on this deal in 25, 26, and 27. So there's a lot to think about with Kyle Murray. Ultimately, I do agree with you. If Arizona gets the number one overall pick, they're going to take Caleb Williams. I don't think Murray gets in the way of that. So are we starting this draft off by just going Caleb Williams? We are. I want to throw one last thing your way. Do you think there's any world? Because listen, he... Oh man, I'm getting crazy here. I don't want to say this yet. I think Caleb Williams is great. Maybe we get to a place where... He is the most hyped up number one pick at quarterback since luck, right? Like, do we think if if, if we win? Well, do we think he surpasses Lawrence? I mean, it's on the same tier, right? Right. Okay, so splitting hairs. Yeah, Lawrence, Andrew Luck, you know, like those dudes who we were talking about for forever, who finally became draft eligible and became the number one overall pick. Yeah, it's the same story. Let me submit it to you like this then, Trevor. I don't think this is going to happen. I'm sure Arizona fans are going to be not pleased that I brought this up, but I think the conversation has to be had. With the state of NIL and the talent he has, does he have the leverage, if he so pleases, to say, I don't want to go to Arizona? Yes, 
Right. I think he does too. I'm not saying he will do that. I'm just saying we are entering a very unique era of the transition of college to NFL. I'm waiting if we're ever going to get a player not only saying no to the team picking a number one overall, but then not going back to school. Yeah, right? that's where it gets tricky. Yep. So, like, are we at the are we going to get to the point where these guys are making so much money in NIL, maybe as underclassmen, and then for their first draft eligible season, that I'm just using Caleb Williams as an example, and we're not going to spend this much time on every single pick. Maybe some of you love that. Maybe some of you, but it's, it's a bummer to hear that. But with Williams, does he have? I'm almost, I'm almost willing to entertain the conversation. Does he have enough power to not only say no to the Arizona Cardinals this year, but then not risk injury playing for USC again next year because he's already won, let's say, back to back Heisman trophies? Easily, easily. If Caleb Williams then just sits out and trains the entire next fall. What's the difference? Now, I think NFL teams would obviously have a big gripe with someone doing that. So I don't think it's just smooth sailing if he decides to. But it is we are. It is a very interesting thing to at least talk about because the chance is not zero. I'd still say it's close to zero, but it's not zero. Not anymore. It's not zero. So, yeah, I'll start it with I'll start with Caleb Williams, which puts you in a uh, fascinating decision at number two for the Cardinals now that they are starting over at quarterback at number one. Yeah, uh, so if you're going Caleb Williams at number one, I'm obviously going Drake May at number two. Competition, it breeds the best I results. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Keep <laughs> Kyler there. Don't even trade Kyler Murray. Have all three of them go yes. into camp yes. and compete. Compete. Yes. Listen, that is what it's all about. You find out which one has a fire in their gut. Which one of them rode the bus I was waiting to the for facility? It. Who rode the bus here? Uh, no, I'm not taking Drake May. Um, I'm, I'm taking I'm taking Marvin Harrison Jr. Look, if you're drafting Caleb Williams and you're starting this new offensive renaissance, you're going to go get QB1 and you're going to go get wide receiver one. You're going to put together a one-two combination that could be feared for many, many years to come. You would certainly hope for at least those rookie contracts before you uh, have to think about re-signing them and shelling out a lot of money to those guys. Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, could be a wide receiver one in the NFL this upcoming weekend when the NFL kicks off and instead that he's still going to be at Ohio state. So if you're taking Caleb at one, you're sticking with the theme of offense. I think and you're taking Marvin Harrison too. That brings me to three. And I love that duo, by the way, man must watch rookie duo. That brings me to three, which is the Colts on our list here. And there's a couple different ways you can go with this one. You can take a top pass rusher like Jared verse, you can get Anthony Richardson a weapon like Brock Bowers, although some people will say it's too early to take a tight end. Bowers is pretty gifted and unique. I am going to take a premium spot, uh, position for what should be a premium player, and that's Olu Fashanu. And okay. I know Bernard Ryman is there. I understand the Colts don't necessarily have this like no-brainer spot on the offensive line, but I also don't think their offensive line is great where the talent matters way too much here. Fashanu is built in a lab to play tackle. It would just be very hard for me if I was Indianapolis with my young quarterback, very young quarterback, and Anthony Richardson there for the long term to not get him a no-brainer up front to protect him. Yeah, and and man, offensive line, I don't, I don't want to say you should just draft them no matter what, 
but it's hard to convince yourself that you have too many good offensive linemen, right? Totally. So I think you can look at Indianapolis's offensive line, especially at the tackle spots and say, Hey, they could get by with this. They're all right here. Right. It's not like a desperate need. And, you know, we're very loosely talking about team needs, right? I mean, it, we're, we're what nine months away from the draft. And so free, we got a whole season to play. We got free agency. We right. got all that. So team needs extremely fluid, but we are taking a long-term projection for this. And I look at what the Dallas Cowboys have done. I would say over the last half decade, almost decade now where they just continue to invest in the offensive line. Maybe they, they don't wait for offensive line to become a dire need. They pick guys to wait, to come in, to be waiting in the wings. And I think that that emphasis on the offensive line has really helped them. So I like this pick as well. This is where I would have gone. I would have gone with Olu at three as well. Titans at four. I think I'm going to have first defensive player come off the board here. I think I'm going to jump over Brock Bowers. And I'm going to go Jared Verse. Hell yeah. Yeah, I think think I'm taking Verse here for the Titans at four. Uh, Obviously a Mike Vrabel dude. Plays with his hair on fire. Will run through a brick wall for you. Uh, verse already showed off that pass rush power against LSU once again to open the season because he wreaked havoc against LSU in the opener last year. And they were well, game so. planning against him, which is that always opens your eyes, right? Yeah. Like Florida 100%. State's got a lot of talent. And they looked at Jer- LSU looked at Jared Verse and was like, that's the guy we won't let beat us today as Have much to as we him. can limit him. I think he's I think he's the best defensive player in this class, although Connor. We're going to get to another edge rusher very soon here that uh, that is making a case for the top defensive player in this class already. But we'll save that for a little bit when we get to him. And I'm going to say I'm going to say uh, Jared Verse going to the Titans at four. I like it. We obviously like Verse. You and I had him as a player that would have went in the top eight last year. Yep. And I I truly truly believe that. All right, Trevor. I guess I shouldn't have taken odds. Sorry, I have the Bucks here, but do the right thing. Oh man, this is this is too easy for me personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Bucks fans, if they fall into this scenario, are going to be jumping for joy if they can have Drake May be their quarterback of the future. Absolutely. I love everything about May's game. It's almost like, you know, Penix and uh, Shadur Sanders and a lot of different quarterbacks, Pratt from Tulane, like so many quarterbacks were incredible that first weekend that it almost like May had some incredible plays that were overlooked, but we're oh, yeah, just so yeah. accustomed to seeing him do this. So for the Bucks, I hope Baker has a really good year for them. I do. I hope that he can, uh, you know, keep Godwin and Evans afloat also in fantasy, but the Bucks are obviously a team that they're thinking long-term at this position. And in this circumstance, what a gift it would be to get your franchise signal caller at the fifth pick in the draft. Yeah. I mean, if they're picking five, it's, it's, it's one of the quarterbacks that are available at five. Like right. there's, there's no debate for that. There's no like, Oh, don't believe it. No, we're doing a mock draft scenario where they're picking in at fifth. And if that's going to be the case, they're going to take Drake May. Yeah. I got to see May in person because I was actually at that UNC South Carolina oh, yeah. game. Cause yeah, it's yeah, Charlotte break it down. And man, you get a different appreciation for players when you see them in person you, you can you watch guys in tape or on tape excuse me and you can see the talent you, you can see the athletic ability the physical ability um the football iq like those things you can absolutely analyze and see on tape but seeing a guy in person you just sometimes get a different appreciation appreciation for their game and when i was watching may the calmness that this dude has at all times I mean, no matter what South Carolina was trying to throw at him, 
he knew pre-snap where the ball was going, where when it was going to go there. He knew exactly when to get to the different reads and his progressions. His ball placement and touch were excellent on so many throws. He had a couple of interceptions that, yeah, he'd like to have back. Nobody's perfect, but damn, man, a 90% adjusted adjusted completion percentage. This dude was as pinpoint as could be, and he did it with just an even-keeled heartbeat. Like the, the, He was just never panicked. Never elevated. It was just another day at the office, and it happened to be a the one of the biggest games of his season, and the battle for Carolina. And the you could you couldn't if 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 you were measuring his pulse, doctors would have been like, I don't know, were you on the couch watching TV? That's that's kind of what it looked like here when I was monitoring the heartbeat, and it was no, he was playing a football game, he was playing quarterback, and he was doing it damn well. So, I knew appreciation for Drake May as if I didn't already have great appreciation for him. So him going number five makes a lot of sense. Los Angeles Rams at number six. Connor, this is a sleeper team to get the number one overall selection. Completely. Especially with what's going on with Cooper Cup right now. I mean, wide receivers with hamstring injuries. I'm out. Like a bad back. I'm out, man. Yeah. That's I don't pretend to know exactly how hurt Cooper Cup is because I also know he's tough as nails, so he's gonna play if he can. But hamstring injuries suck. And not only do they suck, they linger. Your hamstring becomes tender even when you come back and you think you're 100%. Guys have a tendency to re-injure and re-aggravate hamstring injuries just because the demand is for them to go full speed at all times when you're playing in the NFL. (laughs) Without Cooper Cup, what are the Los Angeles Rams? Matthew Stafford and then Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's basically playing like one on 11 on that defense. They're already the most top-heavy team in football. Holy cow. They I were mean, the most top-heavy team in football. When they won the Super Bowl. Right? When they well, won the Super Bowl, for sure. They, they had some depth that they added throughout the year. But yes, they were they were a rare top-heavy Super Bowl team. So anyways, you could basically go any direction, and it'd be a good pick for the Rams roster. I am going to give them the next edge rusher off the board and a player who I think is going to give Verse a run for his money for the top edge rusher in this draft, and that is Latu Latu from UCLA. He's a freak. Dude was unblockable this weekend, man. Six foot five, 265 pounds. You could play him as a stand-up. You could play him with his hand in the dirt. Doesn't matter. He's going to win any either way. His, I think he had a 30 pass rush win percentage this past weekend. Just stupid. 10 pressures, three sacks. The man was unreal. He is already a technician at getting past offensive tackles, and I cannot wait to see him against better competition. This is the way you go if you're the Rams and you're picking at six. I love it. He's a guy that, assuming everything goes okay medically, and this was kind of an interesting path we had with Jalen Phillips that year. We were all like, man, the tape is real. He looks so damn good. He's going to test well. As long as he checks out, he's going to be a bona fide top 20, top 15 kind of pick. He looks, he could be even better than of the, of the prospect that Phillips was. That's how good Latu looks. You're right, yep. Trevor. He he was one of the best football players across the college landscape this last weekend. There's no denying it. Yep. All right, so that brings me to the Raiders at seven. A lot of different ways they can go here. I'm torn between really two players in this spot and that would be Johnny Newton is somebody I really like the interior defensive lineman from Illinois Mm -hmm. and then I also don't mind looking at corner for them for me it would be Kalen King some people like Kool-Aid McKinstry there as well some people like Cooper DeGene 
And I'll tell you all three are awesome. Go ahead. You think you quarterback at all for him? It's in the conversation. If it was me going quarterback, I would take Penix here. I, mean, I would I take. I don't hate it because because what what is right. this year for them? You know, the, the Jimmy medical thing being such a cloudy area. Like when they signed Jimmy, it's like okay, Jimmy should be their quarterback for two years. McDaniel's loves him. He's had success in that system. They got Devonte there, so you probably want a veteran that's just going to feed him a ton of targets. You're right with that medical revision of that deal and how everything went down and how thin they are that there's not even like, I know they have Aiden O'Connell, right? But that's not, yeah. that's, that's not stopping you from, it shouldn't yet. Like if you're, if not, you're projecting, if you're projecting, you're projecting the Raiders long-term, I, 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 Aiden's awesome. He's somebody who I would listen. You don't have to talk me into taking Penix here. I think he's the talent justifies it. I think the Raiders either. Here's how I sell this, right? Even if Jimmy G is back next year and Jimmy has a solid year in that system and everything, we have seen time and time again, there is nothing wrong with slow playing a quarterback into your offense. Mm -hmm. An offense from McDaniels might ask a lot of whoever it is, whether it was Penix, whether it was, you know, Ewers, Sanders, Bo Nix. I don't care who we're talking about in this scenario. Uh, For me, my QB three has been and is and will be Michael Penix. So if we're going quarterback here, and I like working on these picks together, especially this, this early in the the process, I yeah. Penix has he had three big time throws this week. Oh, he made some great. of the best. He made some of the best throws in college football last yeah. year and this weekend. Uh, I think he moves well. I think he sees the field well. It's like a bazooka mounted to his shoulder. It's really crazy. And and if he builds off a second healthy year in a row. I don't know what more the conversation needs at this point with what we've seen from him. And I, I am somebody too, that was actually, I like their receivers. I think they're NFL players. Mm -hmm. I'm not acting like they're Marvin Harrison and Emeka Buka or someone like that. Right. Mm -hmm. I I think they're, I think they're good players. I think they, there's this conversation that they're lifting Penix. And I think that's wrong. I think it's entirely wrong. So I listen, Penix at seven, lock it in. Uh, I was going to say, I I don't want to, I don't want to bully no. you into, into into picking it because no. All right, we'll do it. I'm, All right, we'll do it. Listen, if we're looking at quarterback for the Raiders, this is who I would take. All right, I love it. You keep him I on the wet. You keep him on the West Coast. Yeah, he's so exciting. If you're a Raiders fan, listen to this, and you haven't gotten to watch a lot of Penix, man, it's re- that talent is insane. It's insane. He's gonna be what twenty four? I think rookie year. W- Willie. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. yeah. I think he's I think he's 24. Cause he had a bunch of the injury years, which here's the thing, man. He will be. Yep. I don't really care. Right. Because, I care about what you are right now. Because in Panic's situation, he showed that he was talented enough when he was an underclassman, when he was sure. a, when he was a sophomore. So he already showed like the early I'm good. He then had a bunch of injury riddled seasons, which is why he's still 24 when he's going to 23 now, going to be 24 as a rookie. But dude, if you're a good quarterback, you play in your mid 30s anyways. What does it matter? You play two or three contracts into that anyways. So I don't really care about the age metric for Penix specifically because he already showed that he was a standout football player when he was at Indiana as in her class. He just happened to get hurt. So if he's fully healthy, People are going to bring up the twenty, the, the fact that he's older, which is why I wanted to bring it up here. But I just don't no, really, it's I don't really. Yeah, like it. I'm with you. And I mean, 
Joe Burrow turned 24 his rookie season. So yeah, it's and he's not, trash. And Joe Joe Burrow really stinks. So <laughs> yeah, so I guess yeah. we shouldn't pick Penix. You know, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, right. Old old heads. Every um, situation needs context. If Penix yeah. was 24 and raw, like you're looking at it and you're like, oh, Correct. This, the system's not asking him to do anything, and he misses, you know, NFL throws, and it's like, okay, that that would scare me. But Penix does real NFL things right now. Where, what do I care? I'm with you. Bears on the clock next. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pick a QB. Sure. Th- there's there's a lot of there's a lot of teams that I think we're gonna go through here in this first round mock that could take a quarterback that we could project. Okay, maybe this team moves on from a quarterback, and we'll have a little bit of those conversations. But I'm not going to do it for Chicago. I don't really think there's a point at this point in time doing a 1.0 September 2024 mock draft. So, man, is there a player that stands out? Oh, man, I almost want to go. I almost want to give him Brock Bowers. Why not? I mean, obviously, they've got Komet and they like Komet, but that feels like the best bang for your buck pick right now for them it is funky right because they got braxton jones they they drafted darnell right i don't think they need all yeah it is funky because Komet got the big extension and right. it's like okay then you you have to be a two tight end team bowers is going to play slot for you essentially he's just he's so talented it feels funky having him not go in the top eight doesn't it although if you don't take him here I will probably take him at nine for yeah, Washington, and it, makes, and it makes sense for him to go. Actually, you know what? I'm 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 thinking about this for Chicago. I like defensive line. I like either Chop Robinson or Johnny Newton. It's a need for them. I think I'll probably go Robinson. Yeah, just because of the just because the athletic ceiling is so high. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, well, let's go Chop Robinson. A little, right, bit of slow, yep. a little bit of a slow start to the season, but he was a monster last year. Elite pass rush grade. He had a, what was it, 20, 24 or 25? Yeah, it was up there. Pass, pass rush win percentage. For sure. So we'll go chop Robinson to the, to, to the, uh, to the Bears at eight. I feel like defensive line is where they're going to hone in on. So at nine, I, I go Brock Bowers for Washington. Makes I sense. know this is, this is kind of the conversation again where it's like, oh, we could go quarterback, but I'm rooting for Sam Howell. I love what I've seen from Sam Howell this summer. I think that if Terry McLaurin can get healthy, I know the toe issue is a little concerning, and Dotson continues to take the steps that he has. Howell is a guy that has an aggressive nature that can really unlock the best of those guys. Yeah. So I I hope Sam grabs onto that quarterback job with two hands that they can make a pick to help him at nine, and Bowers would be every bit of that. This dude is different with the ball in his hands. He can track. He can win the ball in the air. Uh, he's one of the best tight end prospects I've ever seen, and I think that if you're about, if you're using the argument that hey, a tight end can't go in the top ten, it's a, this the way this guy affects the receiving game and affects yards after catch is so impactful at the position relative to everyone else. Yep, that you're not looking at it the right way. Honestly, this is an offensive weapon. Yes, 100%. 100%. Bowers, whether or not he's going to break Kyle Pitts's record of the highest drafted tight end ever at four. And he probably Bowers, Bowers should be a top 10 pick in this draft, even for as loaded as it is at the premium positions. We got the Falcons up at 10 now. 
could be a quarterback team. Yeah, they're a tricky one, right? They I'm not easily, gonna go, I'm not yeah, gonna go quarterback, but it could be. I mm. think I know where you're going. Do you? Because I don't know where I'm going. Oh, okay. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I have two names that really stick out to me. Really three. I think it's a preference. With Jeff Akuda kind of up in the air. Kool-Aid McKintree, Caitlin King, opposite from AJ Terrell, I think is a nasty corner duo that you could set up in Atlanta. But you also look at their defensive line, and even though they added some free agents and it's a lot better on paper than it was the previous year, David Onyemata, 30 years old, Grady Jarrett, 30 years old, Calais Campbell, 37 years old. That's their starting defensive line. That's their starting three-down defensive line. I think I'm gonna go, I think I'm gonna go Johnny Newton here. You won't have an argument from me. Yeah, I think he's the guy. I think he's got the the Illinois defensive tackle who, if you don't know him, man, elite run defender last year and a really nice pass rusher as well. I think he had a over over 90, I think it was like a 91.1 run defense grade last year, just as stout as could be in the middle. And then had a 84.5 or 85.5 pass rush grade just because the first step is great. The hand quickness is so elite, man. He It's so difficult to get your hands on this dude because he's firing off the line of scrimmage and he is swiping your hands immediately away. It is so hard to grab onto where he's going because of how well he moves. I'd love for him to get to work with Grady Jarrett, honestly, for as long as Grady Jarrett's right. still going to be there. So I'll go Johnny Newton here at 10. They both have that fire hydrant build. Yeah, right? they do. They it, do. It's, it would be really cool. And they do win with the first step. I thought, Trevor, and I wouldn't have hated it, you were going to go Keon Coleman and just say, like, him and Drake London just play basketball. Like, you just have two basketball wide receivers. That's what I thought you were plotting the whole time because you were on Keon on the big board show. I wish I wish I was with how good he looked against LSU. I can't wait to see his rise this year. It's unbelievable to watch Dude. him play. Keith, I thought that was in the back of your head there. Keon Coleman, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, same offense. Bijan Robinson? Never heard of it. <laughs> Quarterback <laughs> Bijan Robinson? <laughs> wow. And Arthur Smith would still find carries for Tyler oh, Algier. Tyler Algier would yeah, still yeah, get yeah. 20 carries a game. <laughs> Pound the rock. All right, 11 is Green Bay. I'm going to go with Joe Alt here. I think that obviously uh, yeah, that's, a, that's a great pick. Yeah. Bakhtiari it's getting to the end there, whether he, you know, whether it's the end, not I'm saying it's the end of his NFL career, but it feels like it's the end of green Bay after this year. And even if it's not, you still take a top offensive lineman for the future to protect Jordan love. So all is, you know, he's a skyscraper tackle. He plays with good power. Something Trevor highlighted on, on one of our pods. I think our big board pod is like, you always want to be careful with, those taller guys with their balance and their leverage. It's always something he's going to have to keep in mind, Mm. but he's played a really clean brand of football now for Notre Dame as an underclassman where I think he's going to be a high pick in this draft. Patriots at 12. If the Patriots are picking at 12, they're probably looking for a QB, but man, their skill talent stinks right now. It's, It's cheeks. It's like, it's kind of, I'm not a Mac Jones guy, right? I, I've been honest about that for since his draft class. That he's like a guy that'll elevate your offense. Can he play in structure? Sure. Right, right. But it's not even really that fair. I don't know to evaluate him in this. Coleman and Neighbors are the other two picks I'm thinking here. So I'm all yeah. right, I'll just let you know. 
I, I have three players in mind. One of them's Keon Coleman. One of them's Malik Neighbors. One of them's Bo Nix. Wow. Those are the three. I know I'm a lot higher on Knicks than you are. So, That's fair. You know, that he turns into a pumpkin again. <laughs> <laughs> Until the clock strikes midnight on him, Until I'm still going to believe that he's a. I'm still going to believe he's a first. He's he's a first round quarterback from what I saw last year. Now, highest twelve overall. That's up for debate, right? Because how high this guy goes simply depends on how many quarterback needs there are in a class. You know, because the Patriots are sitting here at 12 and nobody needed a quarterback before him and Michael Penix falls at 12. Okay, well, probably Michael Penix is the pick. You can make the same argument with Drake May, right? But it's just, we think that these teams that are going to be picking in the top 15, there's probably going to be at least five of them that need a quarterback. Do all five pick a quarterback? Likely no, but this class presents a really nice ceiling, unlike one I feel like we have seen uh, in a long, long time. So I'll pass on Knicks, and I will go with wide receiver. I'll stay true to my board, and I will go Malik Neighbors. Um, but damn, it could be Coleman here. It's a it's a it's a flip of the coin here for me, but I have Malik Neighbors higher on my on my preseason big board, so I'm gonna stay true to the board. Um, I just love Malik Neighbors' talent. He's such a separation artist. He's such a fantastic natural receiver, um, and I hope they can get the, him the ball more than they were able to against Florida State. Although it wasn't for lack of trying, man, they gave him 13 targets. But I think that that should continue throughout the season. We'll see a better version of him. I like it. I think the skill talent is such a need, especially the wide receiver room. Um... I think that it's it's going to be interesting to see how they evaluate their quarterback situation, like you said, Trevor, I, and their offensive line situation, which got really thin out of nowhere as well. But yeah, if you it, didn't pick all, I might have been like, mm. right, then it would have, right. That makes sense. It would have gave you like a, you know, do I, do I have to do this kind of right. situation? Right. All right. So the Vikings at 13. They, man, they're, they're another one, right? It's, and Kirk Cousins is a solid player, but we just don't know how they're going to handle his future. It's not anything about talent here. We're like, we're watching Fields and Howell and Mac Jones, and we're like, are they going to be good enough where the staff commits to them? We'll see. Cousins, it's not about that. It's just the fact that he's on the final year of his deal and a ton of void years attached to it. So I don't, it's weird. I was recently on Matthew Collar's podcast, who does a okay. great job covering the Minnesota Vikings. And we were chit-chatting on and off the podcast. And I really think this is Cousins last year at, in Minnesota. The contract makes it look that way. Yeah. And I feel as though, you know, when we were chit-chatting about it, he's like, the fourth and eight play where he threw short of the sticks, I think might have been we'll put the nail in the coffin for him potentially coming back after this contract. Wow. Questy Adolfo Mensa is the general manager has the chance to draft his quarterback. Uh, obviously Kevin O'Connell, their head coach has a chance to groom a first round quarterback. Now, right. I think that if Minnesota is in the market for a quarterback, they're going to be more aggressive than picking one at 13. But for this mock draft, obviously we're not doing trades. I I would strongly consider a quarterback here, unless you think that one is just not worth it of of thirteen. I I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet, and this is 
I don't want to do the whole second part of the week before the second part of the week because we are <laughs> going to do so much quarterback talk. That's oh, a teaser. There's, that's what they call a teaser in this business, folks. I can't wait to see what Sanders can do this year. Now, since transferring to Colorado and and looking like that, I, yeah. I can't wait to see what Bo Nix does in the really big games and, Qu- and Quinn Ewers. I'm just not there yet. All right. With the, with the top three gone. Caleb Williams, Drake May, Michael Penix gone. It's fair. I would have loved, obviously, May or Penix in O'Connell's offense. Sure. And Caleb's a unicorn. There's no reason to discuss him falling. So that puts me in a kind of a weird spot, right? Because the Vikings are a team that they just use a first rounder on another wide receiver. So you like that wide receiver room. They paid TJ Hawkinson. Their offensive line has been completely fine, in my opinion. Do they try to get younger at corner? If if they're not picking quarterback, they better freaking pick a corner. I think so, too. You got both these dudes on the board. Pick one. Right. Yeah. Right. I'll take Kalen King. I'll stick to my... It's early enough in the year where I could take the player that I like more rather than the player the league is going to like more. And it could be Kool-Aid. It could be King. I like King a little bit more. Um... I just I love everything about his play style. Yes, he's a little smaller than Kool-Aid, but I think he moves a little better. So I'll go with King for them as they get a, a very young needed talent in that secondary. Man, Chicago's up at 14. I gave them Chop Robinson over Jerzon Newton. And now I'm thinking Chop Robinson at eight. Leonard Taylor at 14. Oh, baby. That's that's the that's the D line of the future. I yeah, don't know. If, I don't know if there's another. Huge. Yeah, because I like Jalen Johnson at corner. I like Jaquan Brisker and Eddie Jackson at safety. I was much higher on Tyreek Stevenson Stevenson than most people. So him starting at right cornerback, I don't think that that's going to. At this point in time, I don't think it's going to bust. In fact, I thought he had a great preseason. I like Kyler Gordon. They just shelled out a lot of money to T.J. Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds. Yeah, give me Leonard Taylor. I like it. I mean, we know what he could do this year. He's a runway guy. If he takes off, it's he's going to shoot up into the top 15 picks. Yeah, he should. Right. With more play time. Right. The Broncos at 15. I mean, God, how many times can we have the conversation, right? Uh, this is another team that could be looking at a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is on Russell Wilson's shoulders this year. I will give him. It's weird to say this about Russell Wilson for all he's done in his career. But I will give him like the fields and howl treatment of until he falls on his face, we're going to go with the assumption that he does enough to be there under Sean Payton. I think that's I think right. that's right. I think that's what we should do. Yeah, I think it's fair. Now, this is a team that has a really good defense. They are in a weird place with their skill talent because I think they're expecting Cortland Sutton further removed from the injury to have a bigger year. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, lost Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler. Judy's kind of banged up again. They did draft Marvin Mims, and they like him a lot. You can make the argument for more skill talent here, especially if they transition one of Judy or Sutton out after this year. You can also make the argument, Trevor, that Kool Aid is just too good, or DeGene are too good to pass up to put across from Sertain. Yeah, I'd rather make a strength a strength. I love their secondary, but man, you make the number two corner Kool-Aid in this spot. It's silly. 
And especially, you got to go up against Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert all the time. Yep. I'm going to take Kool-Aid in this spot for the Broncos at 15. I don't hate it, man. I don't hate it. Especially for a team that, look, the Broncos should be good. Plain and simple. I mean, the Broncos are now in Cleveland Browns territory where you look at that roster on paper and you go, all right, realistically, in the salary cap, you you really cannot ask for better. You were able to spend and get better players on the offense and defensive trenches. Linebacker is basically the only place they're weak, but if you're going to be weak somewhere on the defense, you're, you'd rather be weak at linebacker because you could take flyers on guys like that in the second and third, even fourth rounds, and it could really pan out for you. So I like this, man. It's a premium position. You're going for it. Kool-Aid McKinstry to the Denver Broncos at 15 makes a ton of sense. This is this easiest pick you'll ever have to make, right? What'd you say? Is the Texans at 16 the easiest pick you had to make in this draft besides number two? I mean, it depends who you think I'm going to give them. Knowing how much you like Coleman, I would think you... Yeah, yeah, buddy. yeah, yeah. Fire it up. Fire it up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah buddy. Yeah. I knew it right away. Yeah, Keon I knew Coleman. it right away. I mean, not only is Keon Coleman a phenomenal talent, but you look at the rest of Houston's... That's the thing. ...depth chart right now, and it's Noah Brown, but fine, but not, he's never been a guy that you could really lean on as a, a consistent starter for you. Robert Woods, love Robert Woods, but he's getting up there in age. Nico Collins, okay, Keon Coleman and Nico Collins kind of like play that same role, but I think the Keon Coleman plays it better with more athleticism to him. And then you got Xavier Hutchinson and Tank Dell and John Mechie. So you got some young guys behind him, but like I think that youth movement looks so much better when you put Keon Coleman at the X at the top. So we saw him put on an absolute show against LSU. He had the three touchdowns, was a monster in contested catch situations. He is somebody who can absolutely be a top 20 pick this upcoming draft. Keon Coleman, 16 to the Houston Texans. All right. I had a feeling that's where you'd go. It's something they need at, in their wide receiver room. That size um, skill set for CJ Stroud to throw to. The Steelers at 17. They're another team that, yes, they took Joey Porter Jr. in the second round last year. But I think that they can look at corner and go, we could still do more, right? They, oh, I agree. Right? Like Patrick Peterson's there to hold the fort right now. But... I think they're a t- they're they are the Steelers are good at being two years ahead. They do look at position groups and go, okay, let's adri- let's try to address this now. Um, and then the guy's not thrown into the fire all the time. Year one, and then year two, you know, try to have them ready to go. And I know they've had their misses at this position over the last decade, like since you and I have been really doing this. But I would take Cooper DeGene here. I look at that back end and think, okay, I have Minka Fitzpatrick, one of the best defenders in all of football. I drafted Porter, who's going to be big physical press player. Cooper's got ball skills. Those guys playing behind the pass rush they have. Now you're looking like the Pittsburgh Steelers that we've all known during our entire lives on defense. I would also pick Cooper DeGene here. And dude, even if he doesn't play outside corner for you, like, can you sure. imagine a safety secondary with Cooper DeGene and Minka Fitzpatrick? I, I'd be terrified to throw the ball anywhere at any point in time because right. one of those dudes is just going to come out of absolute nowhere to make a play on the ball. So 
even if you looked at Cooper DeGene and said to yourself, nah, he's more of a safety, and they have Minka Fitzpatrick. You had those two guys in the back end, you could you could do whatever you want. So I absolutely love that one. That's a little bit of a that's also a little bit of a mad scientist one, but I put that one in my written mock because I loved it a ton. So we're on the same page there. Giants at 18. I want to give them a wide receiver, and I, I still feel like I'm leaning at Mecca Egbuka because he can do so much as a inside out player. Um I kind of I wish I could give them like Keon Coleman because I feel like that's a, a type of receiver that they don't have in their room right now. Whereas you could say that Emeka Egbuka would be the better version of a lot of the guys that they have there, but they do have a lot of similar styles to Egbuka. I feel like is that worth it? I don't really know where else they would go at this point. Does anybody like jump out to you? It's not, not to me overwhelmingly i would think if it's it, they are a little tricky right because dexter project, lawrence and leonard like, williams they're good up front they really are they i know they just took deontay banks they're a team that could use honestly another corner in my opinion with what wink ask of those guys and like how is adoree jackson going to be there after this year yeah i don't know i you could you could go corner here. You could go Barrett Carter if you want a Swiss Army guy. I know you love Kalen Carson. Man, would they pick? They're a weird. They are a weird one. Would they? The pick? Giants. I mean, they. Mm. I actually know who I think. I think I actually know who I would take here. That is probably way off the board for most people. Well, tell me. But it's a, it's actually a good way to highlight who you would take. So I would take. Tyler Newbin here for the Giants, which probably means you could consider Cam Kinchins. And I have no problem with either of those guys in this spot. Mm. I think since they they picked up Jason Pinnock after the Jets waved him, he's been a nice find for them as a converted corner to safety. Yeah, but, but I don't the long term. Right. Like yeah. nothing's stopping you from taking a great playmaking safety on the back end of this defense. All right, we'll go Kinchins. I, I like that safety thought process, and I, I have Kinchins a little bit higher than Newman, although holy cow, man. My good we'll get there because I'm gonna have to take him at some point or you will. I mean, okay, Cam Cam Kinchins was... eight at eighteen to the Giants, a little uh versatility there with him and um uh, Xavier McKinney. All right. So for the Saints at 19, I will take a Buka here. Now, it, it's almost at the end here for Michael Thomas. Chris Olave, you could make the argument he could have won offensive rookie of the year last year. So love that. Just I like Rashid Shaheed. State, <laughs> New yeah. Orleans passing attack. I like Rashid Shaheed a lot. If he's your number three, like you're okay. Yeah. But I want to keep loading up on playmakers for Derek Carr. And a Buka to me is a value at 19. Okay. He's he reminds me of Keenan Allen. So if you pair Alave with a Keenan Allen-ish kind of player, that's going to create a lot of problems for the opposition on the back end. Seattle now at tw- are we at twenty? Yep. Twenty. Yep. Yeah. Seattle at twenty. Seattle has a good roster. It's when really you, it's really not Se- bad. I'm looking. Seattle at the has a good now. roster. So what are we just going BPA? You could, they could, they're probably going to get a step from some of their edge guys they've taken over the years, but you could always go edge with them. I do think they they see a step from some of those guys. Oh, I like, oh, 
So Uchen is there. They drafted Derek Hall. They've got Boye Mafe. I was thinking Dallas Turner, but no. I think it probably. I think Chris Jenkins would be a better pick for them. That's so who I was. Good, I was going to say I would take pick. Chris Jenkins for them. Yeah, I like that. Would I consider anybody else? Maybe Barrett Carter. Just to learn behind Bobby Wagner. Now nah, we'll go Chris Jenkins. I think that makes more sense. Beef in the middle allows you to get faster on the outside, pin your ears back a little bit more. I think that they definitely need it. They got to get better along the defensive line anyways. So I think that Jenkins and how great of a run defender he is, one of the strongest dudes in college football. Bruce Feldman highlighted that in his freaks list. And our, shoot, our data, our data echoes the same. I mean, how he was in run defense last year was fantastic. So not quite the pass rusher that you would want him to be for a top 20 pick yet. But it does make sense for Seattle. So we'll go Chris Jenkins. Okay, so that brings me to Jacksonville at 21. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm thinking two things here for Jacksonville. I'm thinking we could shoot for the moon here and take Mason Smith. Ooh. But we haven't seen, we haven't gotten to see Mason Smith yet. He was suspended for that first game. Right. Then he was out all last year. But we saw the kind of havoc he wreaked as a true freshman. Or, honestly, I have no problem taking Tyler Newbin here because I think they could use a playmaking safety on the back end. And wow, Andre New- Cisco erasure. I won't yeah, I know, right? It is I kind won't of stand for it. It is. Uh, I know they do have Cisco there. They I got know. Cisco and Jenkins. Jenkins, who's you know obviously going to play a lot of snaps in the box and be your strong. Yeah, man, it, that's a tricky one. Who's the I other just, one? It was Newbin and who? Um, Mason Smith. I. For them, I'd probably go Mason Smith. I know. That's the one that makes so much sense when you look at their roster. Right. I'm going to go Mason Smith. It's frustrating because it just feels like we haven't seen Mason Smith in decades. But until he's he so comes back and shows that he can't be a play as a first-rounder, there's almost right. no reason not to go through this process with him. Yeah. And for Jacksonville fans to have an interior pass rush presence like Mason Smith, you know, that's the kind of guy that could be the cog to the entire thing. Yep. Yep. All, All right. right. The Chargers are up next. Man, I would have liked I would have liked Chris Jenkins for the Chargers. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it's a good fit for the what they've needed for a while. Would have been a good pick. I could go Dallas Turner, although they did just draft Tweet Below too. Oh man, they could still use Dallas Turner. Right. Corner. We got Asante Samuel Jr. We got Michael Davis. We got J.C. Jackson. Oh man. You didn't pick Tyler Newbin, so Newbin's on the board, right? Newbin's on the board, yep. So, I mean, like, Newbin and Derwin James? I mean, sign me up. That's pretty sick. Is this uh, is this a Lohi Gilman erasure? I haven't I haven't paid enough attention no, to Lohi No, it's not. You can take Tyler Newbin. <laughs> All right, we're going to take Tyler Newbin. He's Let's sick. Let's do it. He had, a sick, do it. he had a sick opener, had two interceptions, and they weren't, like, luck interceptions. They were, no. he made the plays. He saw the plays. He put himself there. He made them. This dude's awesome. It, we are you and I already watched his tape from last year, and we went, "How are we evaluating him for this year's class, not last year's class?" Because he was drafted yes. eligible last year. Looked like a guy that shouldn't be in college football anymore. No, that's what I my takeaway was after watching one game of Newbin this year. I'm I like, thought, damn. I think he, he would have been a second round pick last year, or he should have been. Sure, he wouldn't have gone in the first. 
No. And maybe that's a so. long the long-term goal of his. So, I hope he's representing some kind of Minnesota whatever they like in Minnesota. He's got a sweet NIL repping it cuz he should be collecting NFL checks. Yeah. That's right true. now. Okay. Won't, I, I won't disagree with it. Dolphins at 23. Yep. How about this one, Trevor? A guy that we think can be a rocket ship. Amarius Mims here. Uh, it's that is I think that is what I put on my written mock. Oh, hello. No, I put JC Latham, but honestly, like Amarius Mims. Same thought Mims process, is, right? Yeah, it's it, it it's 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 right there. If you want to take Mims, yeah. Mims of the Dolphins, Dolphins offensive line, bit of a question mark at times. Teron Armstead has been a great signing when he plays. He's a guy that is very banged up and that's not going to get better as he gets older. We'll see if Austin Jackson, if that green light comes on from this year, but the Dolphins should be thinking tackle, and this is a great first round to get one. I I agree with you completely. Mims should have a, we've said this before, Mims should have a Broderick Jones kind of rise this year. Certainly can, right? Certainly that's, can. That's the, that's the thought process is his scouting report is almost parallel to what we read for Broderick Jones the year before. And Broderick ended up being a first round pick to the Steelers. And so Amarius Mims, former five-star guy six foot seven 330 pounds moves super well like all, all of that is is within the cards for him all right detroit lions okay i i made this pick in my written mock and i love it so much that i'm gonna make it again here just picture braylon trice's all out pass rush personality with dan campbell yeah i mean if Dan Campbell told Braylon Trice to go head up, speed to power, a concrete wall, Trice would do it. Wouldn't think twice about it. And that they should, should come up with a cold brew company together. Honestly, I drink it. <laughs> Maybe that's what it's called. Maybe the company is called I Drink It. I Drink It from Dan Campbell and Braylon Trice. You want to go zero to 100 miles an hour in two seconds? Drink this. So it's just a four loco. <laughs> Without the booze. Oh, man. All right. So I'm going to go. Four I'm loco. Go, hold the booze. <laughs> I'm going to go Braylon Trice. Um, and that would put Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson on one side, uh, Braylon Trice on the other. That's terrifying. It's two absolute maniacs. Yeah. All right. The Baltimore Ravens are up. In my mock draft for NBC sports. I had them taking TJ Tampa here, which is such a Ravens corner. When you look at Tampa, he really, really is in this scenario because he fell. I'm going to go with Dallas Turner in this spot. The Ravens are in an interesting place, right? Where they have a there. They have uh David Jabo obviously coming back. They signed Clowney. So, they, I mean, they have players that can obviously play in this role. But even if Clowney's kind of that bridge guy and they have Owe and Ajabo, Baltimore should be a team that can really file in multiple pass rush options. And Turner right now, when you watch him play, is going to be... Turner might get the evaluation that Will McDonald got a little bit where it's like, man, this dude can race hell, but you're not going to stick his ass on the field for down one, two, and three. I'm not going to ask him to do that. So... I like the fit for Baltimore at 25 to give them pass rush depth with significant speed, burst, and upside to grow. So Packers are back up on the clock. This is the Jets pick that we assume they're going to get when Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps. Green Bay better Uh, get this pick. For your health. Unless, no, I'm not even going to say it. 
I'm not going there. Unless Rodgers tweaks his ankle, misses two weeks. Zach Wilson throws for 1,000 yards in two, two weeks. Games. Looks like an absolute god, and they can't go back to him. And then all of a sudden, the Wilson pick is justified. Package Rodgers at the deadline for two <laughs> ones. <laughs> to whatever team loses their quarterback. What a what a comeback story. Unlike anything we've ever seen. Oh my god. That's like a that's a mad franchise build <laughs> kind of story. Six six somehow, somehow the Rams would trade for him. Yeah, the Rams trade two ones <laughs> for Zach Wilson. I mean for Aaron Rodgers. Oh God. So the Packers are on the clock again. Yeah, Packers are on the clock again. You gave him Joe Walt, Notre Dame's offensive tackle at number eleven. Um, I'm looking corner here. I'm looking at Kalen Carson or Josh Newton. I, I had Josh Newton just barely, barely higher in my uh, in my in my preseason rankings. I will say, and I tweeted this on Saturday because Josh Newton went one on one with Travis Hunter this past weekend when Colorado faced off against TCU. I, I thought Josh Newton was a first round corner based off of the tape that I saw last year. Travis Hunter, I mean, the way that he beat Newton with both speed and physicality on separate occasions, multiple occasions, I was floored about how talented Travis Hunter is. And right. I came away, and I, again, I, t- I tweeted this on Saturday. Travis Hunter was totally getting the better of Josh Newton. I think that he ended up grading out with like a 52.6 coverage grade for that day. Hunter Hunter got the better of him, no question about. It. But to me, that's more of a Travis Hunter is going to go top five, top three yep. in next year's NFL draft. To play is, what position? We don't know yet. Either, which is this, right. the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I this still think corner, by the insane. way. Dude, I would, yeah. I would say wide receiver. See, that's the beauty of it. It's the beauty of it. It's God. I just I cannot get over how talented that kid is. I mean, it's um, insane. By the way, almost went to Florida State. Would have been would have been, wow. Would have been tough for me as a Florida alum, but it's already going to be tough. Let me tell you. Yeah. So why not just throw him in the mix? Uh, ultimately, okay. Let's go. Let's go. Corner. I'll go Josh Newton. Okay, you know I got your point up, is it was more about boy. Travis Hunter than Josh Newton that game. Yes, and I, and I still think I still think Josh Newton's a great football player, and I think that he's going to have and him losing the way that he did to Travis Hunter also doesn't mean if they line up again he's going to fare similarly. I think he would fare better the next time around. It's just tough to get smacked in the mouth by, like I said, a guy who's going to go top five in the NFL draft next year and i don't know if newton was totally ready for you because let's face it america wasn't ready for it no we were not ready for what we were about to see from travis hunter i would say even even the people who watched him closely at jmu uh, but maybe or uh or um sorry jackson uh jackson state yeah so, i mean the dude was a number one recruit he said talent to go play wherever he preferred and whatever position he preferred. maybe I, maybe i was just sleeping and if i'm if i was just totally sleeping that's on me. But anyways, I'm going to take Josh Newton here. I still think he's a back end of the first round corner. Cowboys at 27. How about this is where Barrett Carter goes, right? Just become absolutely insane with athleticism in the middle of your defense. I mean, we know what Micah could Ooh, him do. Him and Micah. Him, nice. him and Micah just wreaking complete havoc. 
I still think they could use another player in the middle of this defense. And we know Carter could be asked to do just about anything. I think he could bump out and cover the slot at times. I think he could rush really more blitz. I think that defense always wants to play fast. And I think the way you continue to do that is add to it with a guy like this kind of athleticism. Bills at 28. What do the Bills need long-term? I don't even know who their free agents are. Coming they need up. a right tackle, and they need one fast. Oh, they do need a right tackle. It's, it's, they need one. They probably need this player. Whoever you draft right now needs to start against the Jets on September 11th. So keep that in mind. I have Graham Barton graded higher than I have J.C. Latham going into the season. Yeah, I mean, go with what you... So I'm going to go Graham And the beauty, the beauty of that, Trevor, is I have Jordan Morgan over both of them. <laughs> so it's oh, fine. I got, I got Jordan Morgan in on my written mock draft. I got Morgan in at 26 for the Packers because I had the Packers at 11 taking Kool-Aid. These tackles are going to go, right? Yeah. These tackles are going to go. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go. All right. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Barton here because he's my highest graded offensive tackle left. He plays left tackle right now for Duke, but. Yeah. But now nah. switch over to right. All right. The Niners, they've lost some depth on this offensive line over the years, over really the year. And they are another team that you could look at tackle and say it it would certainly help them. So I'm going to look at how old, how old is Trent Williams now? He's fine he's, on the left side. I yeah, just but, think it. Yeah, but he's thirty-five. Yeah. What an absolute tight. Oh, he's it's insane. What it's guys like Thanos. him? Jason Peters was able to do. I think Dwayne Brown's going to turn forty this year. It's like it's unreal to keep your bot your body that's already that big in that so level impressive. of shape for that long. It's one of the most impressive things in all sports. Yeah. So Jordan Morgan here off the clock. We've talked about him, Trevor. How much we liked how he moves. In the Niners system, you are obviously going to be asked to get out of the gate and go. Mm-hmm. When Morgan is asked to pull, it is one of the most beautiful things you will see in this offensive line class. So I love his fit in this system here. Okay. I don't hate it, man. Like I said, in my written mock, I got him off the board at 26. So back into the first round, that's definitely in the conversation. Cincinnati Bengals at 30. Bengals are sitting pretty in a lot yeah, of it's another good roster, man. It really, really is. Really good roster. Would they draft? What's Jonah Williams' contract? It's got to be the last year, no? It, it's got to be. Because J.C. Latham's right there, and Latham plays right tackle. Yeah, and it feels like... it is. It is, it is Jonah Williams' last year. Yeah, because they added Orlando Brown. Yeah, I'm going J.C. Latham. So you could have Orlando Brown at Play left on the tackle right. and then Latham at right. That I think that, that I think that that makes that makes too much sense to me because the rest of the Bengals roster is really good. I think the defense is going to be again top ten in the NFL. Obviously, they got great pass catchers, and depending on what happens with like T and you know, Tyler Boyd's 28, so I mean you're thinking about that. Jamar's second contract. Like you're thinking about that wide receiver group a little bit, but they're going to retain as much of it as possible because they're going to be one of the highest scoring teams in the NFL. So they're going to try to keep that together as much as possible. But Latham to me makes sense as a right tackle plug-in. So this puts the Eagles on the clock at 31 and it's the classic, you know, what do you give the guy for Christmas that has everything or gal, whoever you're buying for. So with the, with the Eagles, they are, 
so rich of talent that you go, okay. Who, who did you who did you who did you give them in your written? That's mark? that would make sense for me to check that, wouldn't it? Barrett Carter. I gave and them Mason Smith. And I literally still there. I literally good idea. That Mason just, Smith that's just Mason Smith Carter. and Jalen Carter. Oh God. I, I and I wrote with Barrett Carter. I was like, the this Eagles regime doesn't even value off bow linebackers this early. It's just that I can't have Barrett Carter. Like Barrett Carter needs to come off the board. Yeah. So I mean they really are that case, right? Where I think what I would try to do for them is as much as they were able to keep those guys and it was a big surprise, I would get a younger corner. I I think that that's if 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 the temptation of Mason Smith next to Jalen Carter wasn't there. And he's gone in this draft. And he is gone in this mock. I would have I also immediately thought of corner for this team. Yeah, so I'm I'm going to take TJ Tampa in this spot. Oh, nice. Yeah, he, and you bring him in there to play with Slay and Bradbury, and Tampa's a guy that's long, can press, he can run, he's explosive, he's probably going to jump 40 inches. This would be where I would go with the classic Howie of getting way ahead of what I'm going to need. I like it, man. And I like that you're putting the stamp on one of your guys, getting him in the yeah. back in the first round. Yeah. I love it. Um, I'm probably going to do the same here with the Kansas City Chiefs picking at 32. When I think of the Chiefs, especially the way that the board has fallen here. I look at wide receiver or corner, and I think that's a sweet spot right now. Kansas City had good play from Watson and from Williams in their rookie seasons last year at corner. But I've talked to Chiefs people, and it's been a little bit of a roller coaster for them throughout the preseason and training camp. I know they have Trent McDuffie as well, so they could plug him at one of those spots if one of those guys isn't holding up their end of the bargain. Yeah, McDuffie should play theoretically should be their slot, right? In, if if everybody's healthy and playing well, McDuffie right. would be their slot. But McDuffie can also play on the outside if he needs yep. to. JT Tui Maloow is here, but I'm not. I don't feel forced to get him in the first round, even as a highly recruited former five-star. I still want to see it from him this year. Yep. Wide receiver. I I did go that way. I think that's where I'm going. Right. And you look at the guys they have now, Sky Moore, five foot nine, Kadarius Toney, five foot 11, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, six foot flat, Free agent, probably, after the year? Probably. His if contract not, he has up, one right? more year. Oh, he's got one more after this? If he does. Justin but Ross, obviously, yeah. like, if Justin Ross pans out, okay, great. But Rasheed Rice, again, like, if Rasheed Rice pans out, great. But again, Rasheed Rice, six foot. I'm going to put my stamp on the back end of this first round. Hell yeah. I'm going A.D. Mitchell. I'm going my boy. Yep. Texas wide receiver. Uh, this past weekend... Caught another touchdown, which means that Connor in the last six games that A.D. Mitchell has started, he has scored a touchdown in each of them. Now, that goes all the way back to his freshman season because he missed so much time last year. But the season opener against Oregon, uh, the two college football playoff games, the two college football games, playoff games when he was a freshman, and then this past week 
with Texas, touchdowns in every single game. He's just got a knack for scoring touchdowns. He's got a knack for the end zone. And I went back because he didn't have the highest receiving grade and he didn't have a ton of stats. So I went back and I watched all of his receiving snaps from this past week. I still love the way this dude moves. I feel like he changes direction, flips the hips, manipulates cornerbacks, creates separation so well for a player who is six foot four. And time and time again, against whether it was safeties or corners, he would attack leverage the right way to get these corners all turned around where he'd be fading to the left. And then boom, he put his foot in the ground. The second the corner flipped his hips to go that direction. And he immediately attacked the blind spot, forced him to turn all the way around. And then he's getting all sorts of separation that way. That was in his week one tape so many times. And I just have, I have so much faith in that. So a little bit of a longer explanation there because I'm defending my guy and I'm defending my ranking of having AD Mitchell this high, but I'm going to have him going 32 to the Chiefs. I listen, no argument from me. Get the Chiefs, get Mahomes another playmaker. I thought one other one I would throw out there, like Johnny Wilson in that offense would be hilarious hilarious <laughs> to watch because he's just the biggest skill player on the field and yeah we know how mo Holmes can create and wilson i hope i hope people got a good look at johnny wilson on sunday night and i hope they got a good look after listening to us talk about him in summer scouting because yes i will openly bring up that i've been burned by big wide receivers like a jj Arthea Whiteside, like a kelvin Harmon. like i've been burned by those guys before who i thought would be great pros and they did not turn out to be wilson moves differently from these guys yeah he's got way more wiggle he's got faster feet and he's got quicker hips than a lot of these other big receivers that you're going to find his game is still obviously going to be winning with strength winning with size and winning with his catch radius but it's the fact that he does have that little bit of wiggle and that nuance to his game that a lot of these other bigger wide receivers just straight up did not have that to me makes it different, allows him to cash in on that strength of his size even more than those other players. So you, I think people ask us all the time about like scouting lessons, you know, like, oh, who's somebody who like taught you something about how you look at prospects? Those two, I would say failures of of, of prospect profiles that i had not like failures as nfl players i don't mean to say like that i just mean i had them ranked too high and they did not pan out and i think the reason why i fell for it is because i didn't appreciate what you still needed to create separation even as a big guy and i think johnny wilson actually does bring you that so um yeah uh didn't expect to go on that johnny wilson no it was perfect it It was perfect i think a lot of people they get scared right like i remember a lot of people really liked akeem butler and yeah you know i i I fully agree with you i think wilson's a different case that he can break the mold we've said how he carries no bad weight at that alarming size Mm -hmm. and moves differently for that size and he will be a highly valued prospect in this draft class he will indeed all right let's uh let's recap the first round Okay, you want to read the first half? I'll read the second half. Yeah, I'll read a little breather to, uh, for once. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll do that. Number one overall, we had Caleb Williams. No shocker there, going to the Arizona Cardinals. Um, do whatever you want with Kyler Murray, but Caleb Williams is there. Maybe it's you know competition breeding competition, but uh, do whatever you want with Kyler Murray. Yeah, <laughs> Caleb Williams yeah, at one. Build him an Xbox room in the facility. <laughs> Marvin Harrison Jr. at two. Uh, setting up a pretty sick offense there um, to the Arizona Cardinals as well. Indianapolis Colts at number three. We had him going Olu Pashano. Four, the Tennessee Titans. Jared Verse, the edge rusher from Florida State. Five, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They took Drake May, the quarterback from North Carolina. Six, Los Angeles Rams. Latu Latu, the edge rusher from UCLA. Seven, 
This is where we had Michael Penix come off the board to the Las Vegas Raiders, the quarterback out of Washington. Eight, which is the Chicago Bears, went Chop Robinson, the edge rusher from Penn State. Nine, Washington Commanders, going Brock Bowers, the Georgia tight end. Ten, the Atlanta Falcons, Johnny Newton, the interior defensive lineman from Illinois. Green Bay Packers at 11, went Joe Alt, the offensive tackle from Notre Dame. Patriots at 12, went Malik Neighbors, the wide receiver from LSU. Kalen King, the Penn State cornerback, going number 13 to the Minnesota Vikings, although we did have the quarterback conversation. Number 14, Chicago, on the clock once again, Leonard Taylor, the interior defensive lineman from Miami. 15, Kool-Aid McKinstry, the Alabama cornerback, going to the Denver Broncos, setting up a sick cornerback duo there. And then 16, Keon Coleman, the wide, the wide receiver from Florida State going to the Houston Texans to be the number one target for CJ. All right, at, seven, at 17, the Steelers take uh, the corner from Iowa, Cooper DeGene. At 18, the Giants take safety Cam Kinchins from Miami. At 19, the Saints take oh, uh, Ohio State wide receiver Emeka Ibuka to pair him with Chris Alave. That'd be a lot of fun. At 20, the Seahawks take Chris Jenkins, defensive lineman from Michigan. 21, Jacksonville, another defensive lineman, this time Mason Smith from LSU. At 22, the Chargers take safety Tyler Newbin out of Minnesota. 23, the Dolphins take Amarius Mims, the tackle out of Georgia. At 24, the Lions take Braylon Trice to form a coffee company with Dan Campbell, the edge out of Washington. <laughs> 25, the Ravens take Dallas Turner, pass rusher out of Alabama. 26, the Packers picking um, from the Jets here. They take TCU corner Josh Newton at 27. The Cowboys take Clemson linebacker Barrett Carter at 28. The Bills get tackle help in the form of Graham Barton out of Duke at 29. The Niners do the same. They take tackle Jordan Morgan out of Arizona. The Bengals keep the run of tackles going with JC Latham out of Alabama to play on the right side. 31 the Eagles take my guy corner TJ Tampa out of Iowa State. And to close this thing out at 32, the Chiefs take Trevor's boy, A.D. Mitchell, the gifted touchdown scoring wide receiver from texas let's go baby we got some uh planning that we want to talk with you guys about but before we get to that DraftKings sportsbook is hooking you up with a can't miss offer to start the college football season strong this week new customers can bet just five dollars on college football and get 200 in bonus bets instantly anything can happen in college football you guys know that your team can go from unranked to dynasty mode in just a couple of years change comes fast and the only thing that's locked is the great offer from DraftKings Sportsbook. Life's more fun when you're in on the action. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook now. Use the promo code PFF. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when the bet is $5 on college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code PFF. The crown is yours this year. If you got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.com. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problems with gambling at 888-789-7777 or visiting ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance, eligibility, and deposit restrictions apply. So because it is... The beautiful month of September, and football is, in fact, right around the corner. Connor and I have two episodes for you this week. We're kicking off two episodes, and we're starting with two episodes here. So we got an episode for you on Monday. We're also going to have an episode for you that comes out on Wednesday. We're going to probably keep this schedule throughout the season because we want to be able to talk about college football and NFL football 
without being as close to Thursday night football, because a lot of times when Thursday night happens, that's week's gone, dominates, right? The, yeah, yeah, it dominates the conversation. So uh, we'll get you a pod a little bit sooner. I think last year or in years past, we've done Monday and Thursday episodes. So this year we're going to do Monday and Wednesday episodes. Hopefully we'll have some things in between for you, but um, we're going to have a lot of different segments that we really run through that are going to change as the season goes on. For example, we're going to have like a market mover segment, you know, talking about a lot of the guys that are really changing the first round conversations. You know, we'll talk about, um, you know, a, a couple of guys who, Hey, you know, it might be early for them, but we're just going to shout them out, you know, long season, long season, but we just want to shout out some good play for them. Um, where, you know, the, uh, the, the stock up stock down that you guys are used to, we'll be able to get into that a little bit, but, uh, Connor, I didn't know if I had forgotten any other segments that we had thrown out there, that, but uh, I just wanted to let people know it's going to be a fun rotating segment day for what we're going to get on Wednesdays. It really will be. I mean, we do a lot of different things during the season. If you're new to our show outside of the draft coverage, we fix teams. We will sometimes just go on current event. I think the current event is how overwhelmingly jammed this class can be with top end quarterback talent. And that doesn't just mean Caleb may and uh, Caleb Williams and Drake may that could be a lot of guys that could still go in the first round outside of the headliner names that you see. So I'm looking forward to it, man. It's fun to get back into the swing of two shows a week. Of course, we'll be doing rankings and mock drafts and everything that you guys love, but we got to, uh, we got to fill out the rest of the content as well to kind of get to that end point. Keep firing off some great ideas. Y'all have already sent us some fantastic ideas. This doesn't stop when the season begins. I mean, anytime you think you have a great no. idea for the show that you would love to hear us go back and forth on or even have a conversation with you guys about, uh, hit us up at Tampa Bay Trey, at Connor J. Rogers on Instagram and Twitter. That's the easiest way to reach us and get an out idea out there. Let us know what you thought of this mock draft for your favorite team, for other teams, how the draft went, how stacked it is at certain positions. We would love to hear from you. This is your first time to really sound off. It's where we took our big board rankings and really put it into a mock draft format. So sound off on the YouTube comments, youtube.com backslash at NFL stock exchange is the best way to get in on the conversation. I can't wait to go back and forth with you guys. I know that you're going to have some great conversations in there amongst yourself as well. As always, this is not just a podcast between Connor and I, this is a podcast with everybody. It is a draft community. That's what yep. this is all about. We're getting y'all hyped for draft season, no matter when that starts for you, whether it is, September, whether you're a Cardinals fan and you're already listening, whether you really pick things up in uh, later in September, October, November, December, or even into January, we're going to be here for you. Appreciate everybody rocking with us. I'm excited to get to another episode later this week. I'm Trevor. That's Connor. Thank you guys so much for listening to the NFL Stock Exchange podcast. See you on Wednesday.